Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Hi there, bed crimers. Hope you're all doing well. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Do me a favor, if you find you enjoyed this content or learned something, smash that like button and consider subscribing. Now, let's dig in. During many of Charlie Adelson's jailhouse calls, he referred to the prosecution's presentation of the case against him as an episode of Dateline. Well, this past Friday, Dateline, perhaps in homage to the now-convicted Charlie Adelson, aired their latest episode about Dan Markell's murder. It was called Family Matters. I love the double entendre of the title. Clever. What was especially wonderful about the show were the many photos of Danny Markell that I've never seen before, interviews Danny's divorced parents, Ruth and Phil Markell, did with them, and additional footage of Donna Adelson's arrest at the Miami airport. The episode also showed footage of Markell entering and exiting the gym and of the hired hitmen, Sigfredo Garcia and Luis Rivera trailing him in a light-hued silver or light green Prius. Thank God for the neighbor who heard the crime go down and caught sight of the Prius and its light color. In the episode, we learn Danny's parents didn't make it in time to say goodbye to their 41-year-old son, Danny, before he died. In fact, for the beginning few hours that Danny was in ICU, he was alone, his head was heavily wrapped in gauze, and he was unconscious. We also learn about how the investigation into the crime unfolded. In the beginning, investigators spent time interviewing Markel students and colleagues at Florida State University, but this did not bear any fruit. Thus, the investigators focused on Danny's personal life. Dan Markell's divorce attorney appeared on the Dateline show, and he calculated the level of animosity between Danny and Wendy prior to Danny's death as being about to go over the Richter scale. The attorney was referring to Danny's motion to restrict Donna Adelson's access to his and Wendy's sons, as well as the motion regarding Wendy failing to disclose all financial information, which could have gotten her disbarred. The show also featured portions of Wendy's ex-boyfriend Jeffrey Lacasse's July 21, 2014 interview with the cops, in which he claimed Wendy was fearful of Danny and that she flinched at times like someone who may have been a victim of DV. Now, there's no evidence of Danny ever doing that to Wendy, and Wendy herself told the cops that that never happened. I'm wondering then why Wendy flinched like that. Did someone else ever lay fists on her? Or was this possibly part of an elaborate act to portray herself as a victim of Danny Markell? But personally, I think flinching is an involuntary reflex. So it seems more likely that maybe somebody else had laid hands on her. In the footage of Danny walking in and out of the gym on the day that he died, you can see that he was wearing a red t-shirt and black shorts. The show also featured footage of the Prius following Dan away from the gym's parking lot 
and heading down the street to the Markell family home on Trescott Drive. It's amazing to me how much footage the police found of the Prius in Tallahassee and how the cops were able to trace the vehicle to a rental agency in Miami where paperwork showed that one Luis Rivera rented it. Note that in all of the footage of the Prius in Tallahassee and elsewhere, the license plate was never able to be discerned. There was also footage of the Prius stopping at an outdoor bank ATM. You can clearly see Rivera and Garcia inside the car, and the paperwork for the Prius had the word brother on it, which helped lead the investigators to Sigfredo Garcia, who had grown up with Rivera and was like a brother to him. Dennis Murphy, the host of the episode, said that Garcia and Rivera, in addition to being lawbreakers, worked occasionally in construction. That's something I had never heard before. Thanks to Danny Markell's and Wendy Adelson's divorce papers, the toxic emails written by Wendy's mother, Donna, in which she implored Wendy to do everything in her power to make Dan Markell's life unbearable, led the cops to Donna. These are the emails where Donna tells Wendy to do things like pretend she's going to convert Danny and her sons from Judaism to Catholicism, a move that would have very much disturbed the very devout Danny Markell, who devoted much of his time to the local Jewish community in Tallahassee. The Dateline episode also confirmed what Wendy's ex-boyfriend Jeffrey Lacoste said about Charlie when he was a child, and that was that Charlie faced disciplinary problems in school. In addition, the show emphasized how Charlie was always Wendy's protector and confidant and always had her back. And this dynamic seemed to have been born out of Donna urging Charlie to be his sister's heavy, as they say. This makes me wonder if when Jeffrey Lacoste told the investigators that he was suspicious that Wendy maybe had a boyfriend in South Florida because she made the seven-hour road trip down there so often, and when she was down there, her communication with him often ceased or became very limited. Could the guy that Jeffrey was concerned about have been Charlie? And I don't mean to infer anything untoward, but just that they were very close. Charlie was her confidant, etc. Maybe being around her parents and Charlie was distraction enough for Wendy in South Florida. The Dateline show then pivoted to when Luis Rivera flipped on his buddies, Sigfredo Garcia, and told the cops that Garcia initially confided to him that he had a contract to do a guy in. The show also confirmed that the investigators were never able to find the weapon used on Danny, despite Rivera driving with them to try and find a body of water where he dumped it. The show also mentioned the bump. You may recall that this was the FBI sting operation in which an agent pretending to be one of Luis Rivera's relatives approached Donna Adelson on a street, South Florida, in 2016, asking for five grand. While apparently Donna was walking to pick up Wendy and Danny's boys from school, when the bump occurred. The boys would have been ages five and six at the time. The Adelsons would have been enjoying having Wendy and those kiddos in South Florida for two years. 
the same amount of time that Danny Markell would have been dead. By the way, someone claiming to know Wendy and Danny told me in the comments section of one of my videos that Wendy was incredibly jealous of Danny, and after she left the divorce papers at their home, after abruptly moving out with the boys, Wendy was hoping that Danny's life would implode, and when Wendy saw Danny coming out of his sadness over the divorce and happily dating a successful and beautiful woman in New York, Amy Adler, she, Wendy, became even more jealous. Danny wasn't supposed to thrive post the divorce. That wasn't Wendy's plan, according to this friend. Interesting to hear that Wendy was perhaps jealous of Danny, that her upsets with him were about more than just finding him controlling and someone who didn't treat her as an equal, as she claimed, was Wendy, who originally was said to be wooed partially because of Danny's degree from Harvard, later jealous of his professional status, his reputation, the recognition he was given from the law community. The Dateline show also interjected interviews with Ruth and Phil Markell. Ruth said on the show that she, quote, is in love with her grandsons, and Ruth and Phil both stated that when they were finally able to see Danny's sons in 2022, after Wendy had prevented them from seeing the boys for many years, they had a lovely visit. Ruth and Phil asked the boys, who were then 11 and 12, if they could hug them, and the boys said yes. Phil said it was an unbelievable moment, and there aren't words to describe it. Note that this reunion occurred before Charlie Adelson was indicted by a grand jury for his role in Danny's death in April of 2022, and it was in 2022 that the FBI went to Charlie's house at 6 a.m., surrounded the place, and when one of the agents got caught on barbed wire because Charlie had put it all around the exterior of his home, creating a sort of fortress, the authorities had to actually call him on his cell phone to wake him up and get him outside the house. You have to wonder why Charlie put up the barbed wire. Was he afraid of the cops, or was he afraid of the Latin kings? Or was this all part of his elaborate ruse to try and look like he was terrified after Danny Markell's death? So during this early morning raid, the cops call Charlie twice. He doesn't answer. On the third call, he does answer, and they tell him to come out. Then he comes out of the house with one hand up, shielding his eyes, and he's wearing only his boxer shorts. Charlie looks around, sort of confused, and his first question is, am I under arrest? Now, once Katie McBanawa was convicted, the writing was on the wall for Charlie Adelson. Katie finally decided to tell the truth and admitted that Charlie had asked her to find someone who could harm another person. Ruth Markell said going to Charlie's trial was very different from going to previous trials those of Garcia and McBanawa. Ruth said it's a very different experience when you're in a courtroom and the defendant is someone you know. It's your son's ex-wife's brother, a guy who would have been at your son's wedding. Ruth Markell also said on the show, 
that she believes Donna Adelson was the architect of the crime. She also said when asked if Wendy should now be worried, quote, I think everyone should be worried, end quote. It's impossible to believe at this point that Wendy, after all these years, knew nothing about the crime. The clock may now be ticking for both Wendy and maybe her father, Harvey, too. And if the authorities decide to go to Wendy's house in the early morning hours, I'm wondering if they'll find a way to make sure that her and Danny's sons are away before this whole thing goes down so as not to further traumatize them. Let's hope so. When Donna goes to trial, and she is going to go to trial because she has said she's not guilty, and if she survives that long in jail, it will be Ruth and Phil Markell's fourth trial in connection to the crime. And in this Dateline episode, there are clips of Ruth walking into courtrooms, and you can see that she walks with a limp, a limp that looks very familiar to me because my dad has that same limp, a limp that I think is associated with getting older. It really drives home how long Ruth and Phil and Shelley have been waiting for justice for this crime. And it makes me hope that Phil and Ruth will remain in good health and that they can attend this trial and finally see justice done when it comes to Donna Adelson. And I also hope that if there were other parties who were co-conspirators to the crime, that they too are charged and convicted so that Phil and Ruth can see complete justice. That's all for today. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Hey, if you want to help support me, please consider a membership. It's only $1.99. I keep it low because I know you work hard for your money and you know I work hard for my money too. See you next time.